Welcome to Next Steps, a podcast from Blackhawk Church in Madison, Wisconsin, where together we'll take next steps to grow in our relationship with Christ, to be formed into the kind of people He's created us to be, and to better love and serve those around us. Let's jump in. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Next Steps podcast. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here at Blackhawk Church. And with me is Pastor Ann Keir. She's the pastor of Connection and Marriage here at Blackhawk Church. Ann, how are you doing today? I am well. How are you, Chris? I'm doing great. Um, And we have a special guest with us as well, which we'll talk about in just a second. Um, Today, we're continuing in our Walking with God series. Last week, you heard us talk about um, just speed bumps on the journey. We've Uh, been five or six weeks in this series of what it looks like to be on this journey of faith with Jesus. Um, And today we're going to press into one of those, I don't know if I would call it a speed bump, but one of the things that comes up in our lives with Jesus um, on the journey of faith is the idea of suffering. And so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, This week is Holy Week where we celebrate um, Jesus' death, but also his resurrection and the hope that we have in him. So I'm sure you'll hear us referencing some of that later on. But um, Anne, can you tell us who we're going to be interviewing um, today and and yeah, kind of where we're headed? Absolutely. So today I'm so excited to be talking with Sarah Stevens. Sarah, how are you today? I'm great. Happy to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for being with us today. You are definitely a person that comes to mind for me. I just have so much respect for your faithfulness, for your honesty and vulnerability. Like, wow. Mm. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you. So thanks thanks for being with us. Yeah, that's kind of you. Thanks. Do you want to start off by telling us a little something about your faith journey? And um, yeah, that would be great to hear. Sure. Um, So I grew up in the Madison area and um, came from a family who my grandparents were in church every day of the week. Mm. Um, Very faithful. The religion in our family was important. Um, And so that was a great foundation for me. But then as I grew up and left home, uh, you know, things changed and I started to see, as we all do, like what the world looks like apart from your family of origin. And um, I met my husband in college, and he was from a different faith tradition. And and so I learned um, about things like grace um, by going to church with him. Only when we visited his parents, we weren't really attending in college. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it was... uh, it was like this uh, beautiful gift to understand what grace was like. I w- came from a tradition that felt pretty restrictive. There mm. was uh, what doing the right thing was pretty important. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't much leniency for if you didn't do the right thing sometimes. And that we all mess up. And so um, it felt like it was like this weight of guilt and shame taken off of me, um, which then made me want to follow Jesus more. Um, and then as we just went through years, um, our where we attended and where we worshiped changed, and that also helped us to grow um, in our faith. And so it's the difference for me between um, as a child and a young teenager, believing in God, mm-hmm. believing that he existed, and there's a difference between that and knowing 
him and having a relationship with Jesus. Mm. And I think if somebody had told me when I was 15 or 16, like, oh, you know, do you have a relationship with Jesus? I'd be like, um, hey, <laughs> what's what, that? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, no, he's not here, you know? Yeah. Um, but clearly that has been something that has been, you know, the core of who I am as an adult. Yeah. 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 So today, as Chris shared, we are talking about walking with Jesus during times of suffering. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, what uh, a wonderful topic to talk about, but especially <laughs> this week, right? But yeah, right. We are united yeah. with Christ mm-hmm. and his suffering and and the, the gift of new life that we find, um, yeah, in, in his resurrection. So talk to me about suffering in your life. How have you moved towards suffering? How Mm. have you moved away from suffering? Yeah, I'm not sure many of us move towards it. (laughs) When I thought about that question, I mean, how many of us run towards it? Like, yay, suffering, here here I come. Um, Suffering, things just Mm -hmm. happen. Yeah. And and so, yeah, we can react in different ways. I, um, I think for the longest time in my life, I didn't think I... I had suffered that there wasn't because I th- I think I thought that suffering was something that was like massively big or mm-hmm. you know um, dramatic yeah that could happen in someone's life but I think I mean it's really important for me to say here that I mean some big important dramatic things have happened in my life but I am not about comparative suffering okay. at all I think it's really important to say that like. Whether, uh, you know, someone who has been betrayed by a, by a friend, mm-hmm. they're suffering. Someone who, um, you know, uh, maybe failed out of a class in college once, that's suffering. Mm-hmm. And it's the same as if someone has had a diagnosis of cancer or whatever. There's, yeah, it, it's, it's not helpful to compare mm. our suffering to yeah. other people's. Perspective is great. Um, it helps us. Um, it helps us to have gratitude for situations, but um, but when we when we compare our suffering to other people's, we diminish and invalidate our own feelings, and it almost feels like we shouldn't feel the way we feel because someone else has something harder. So mm. I think that's really important mm-hmm. in terms of me. Um, what I would say there have been a couple of different seasons of suffering for me. Um, and these are the ones where I'm, I just said that I don't think it's about big things, but these are the <laughs> these things. are the big things. These are some of the big things for me. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I in college I survived a sexual assault, mm. and and kept quiet about that for many years. So not only did I suffer because of the event, yeah. and suffered relationship wise, um, but I I just kept it inside for a long time and didn't know there was a lot of shame and guilt and things like that, which shouldn't have been how I felt, but it was how I felt. Um, In my late 20s, my parents divorced after like 29 years of marriage. And that was like devastating. I felt like that, you know, who I was, was not real. Like it was shaky. All of a sudden, the, you know, the foundation of who I was, Mm -hmm. was kind of gone. Um, and so that was a season, a really hard season of suffering. Um, then a big one in recent years, seven years ago, this week, actually, I had surgery on a kidney. Um, I had a, 
a tumor in the kidney that they thought was cancer. And so they took it and part of my kidney out. And the tumor was benign, like praise God. But in the surgery, there was nerve damage done. Mm. And so uh, I have chronic nerve pain. I have pain every second of every day. And it varies in the levels, but it's always mm-hmm. there and it's always not fun. It just gets really bad sometimes. Um, and so it, this has been a really, really hard season because there's no healing from this for me. It is, I know that this is, I'm going to feel pain every second for the rest of my life. And it has been a struggle. And I have been very mad at God. I've turned away from him. Mm -hmm. I've ran towards him. There's been, I'm sure it's been like this emotional roller coaster, you know, Jesus and I running together. Yeah. You know, there are times where I, I just completely turned away. Um, but I always felt a being pulled back, which is really sweet. Um, but turning towards suffering is hard. I don't, I don't turn towards it. it it's hard because it's there. There's nothing to turn towards for me because it's there all the time mm-hmm. in terms of the physical pain. But there's emotional pain that comes with that too. And that's, you know, I... I uh, went through lots of pain management stuff and mm-hmm. um, medications were prescribed and I'd never been on a single medication before in my life. Oh, wow. And so that was interesting and mainly because I found out I was allergic to a lot of them and how those allergies showed up were with like my very first ever massive depression. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was a different human being and that was a whole different kind of suffering. Yeah. Yeah. So physical and emotional and that's peop- all people have that. At different times in their life. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> do you, well, I'm wondering what in those times, what do you feel like you learned about walking with Jesus? Oh, what didn't I learn? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think, I think I learned, first of all, that it's okay to to be mad at God, like it is okay, um, and that I can trust Him to let me be mad mm-hmm. and let me walk away. I mean, I I think about this as like as a parent myself of many children, and sometimes it's really hard, but you have to let them walk away. You have to let them turn their back, and mm-hmm. um, but. You know, I just always trusted that he was still there. And I think that during this time were some of like the most profound, like little quiet whisper moments that I've, um, I hadn't ever really heard before. Um, And I think that that's been really impactful. Yeah, it's, it's so hard because everybody's journey with suffering is different. And so it's hard for me to like say, this is like, here's the prescription. Right. I don't want it to feel like that for yeah. people listening. Um, but I think I have felt cared for and held. Like I'm walking through this. I'm on a path with Jesus. And there have been times where I don't feel like I was walking myself. I feel like I was being carried. And I know that's the cliche thing, but I really did, you know, where you 
just wake up. And if it's a really bad chronic pain day, like there's just no way I can even get out of bed. But somehow I do. And it is not of me. It's, I mean, people think like, oh, you're so strong. No, no, like God is strong. Like I am not and I'm not. And if I show any amount of strength, it's because my faith in God's goodness and his faithfulness to me is there. Like I believe that. And I believe it even when I'm mad at him or even when I don't feel like trusting him or even when I doubt all that goodness, I still believe it. It's like there. Mm. Yeah. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, for, uh, I think of my own moments of suffering mm-hmm. and I can at least say like, okay, this is probably for a season and it will get better, but you're what, seven years you said into this chronic nerve pain. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it look like for you to find hope in the midst of, of chronic pain. And even, I don't know, what was that process like of coming to terms with the fact of like, okay, this might just be my reality. How how did you navigate that with the Lord and still find hope in the midst of that? Yeah. Really good question. I think I still am trying to figure that out. I still am. I'm going to navigate it for the rest of my life. Um, I think for a long time I had hope that I would be healed, that we would find something to, fix the nerve pain, that it would be done, or I could take some magic pill. And actually, some of the medications did take away the pain, but then gave me other things that weren't worth it. Um, So I think for a long time, that was like, I was super focused on that. Um, And honestly, I think during that time is when I fell away from God a bit. I was putting my hope in doctors and in medication and in technology and new findings. And I drifted a bit. And then when it became pretty clear that I had gone through all the possible things um, and nothing was going to change the situation, uh, that's when I think I realized what true hope is like, Mm -hmm. and and that is, I mean, I, it's funny when you talked earlier about this being Holy Week and I actually just, I I just posted something for my business the other day and it's a saying that I love and it's in, um, in our waiting, God is working. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, like that's Saturday, we've got, you know, uh, this is Holy Week. So Saturday is the waiting and it's the waiting for the hopeful, the promise, the thing that's going to, to heal us to, you know, and that's what I'm in. And I think the knowledge and the, the acceptance of the fact that that is going to be, I'm going to be in the waiting until I die Mm. feel this week, especially feels so poignant. Like it's so powerful. Like I am in the waiting until I meet Jesus in heaven, like, and yeah. And so that's, that's pretty powerful. Um, but you know, it's everything hope for me. Um, hope for me comes from a foundation of gratitude. The more grateful I am for things, the more hope I have. Mm. Um, and that, does that mean that every day I'm happy and grateful? No, I tend to be somebody around here that's known for like gratitude stuff. And and I'm really grateful. That's really wonderful because it is a huge part of who I am. But there's a fear there that people will think that I'm always 
grateful. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not, there's a lot of days where it is really hard and I am not grateful. Like this, this is not okay and not fun and unfair. Um, But the more gratitude I find for things outside of the pain and the suffering, the more hope I have. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you you talk about healing. Mm-hmm. And so many of us have things that, well, of course, there could be sure. a miracle healing. But mm-hmm. so many of us carry things throughout our lives that just simply don't go away. Yeah. Whether that's pain or disappointment. And... Um, and some time ago, I started wondering about healing versus wholeness. Mm-hmm. And if seeking healing, um, mm-hmm. if that became like a, a regular practice that I was that I was often seeking healing, 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 what would it look like to shift towards wholeness? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that difference is something that that I've thought about. And I'm just, I wonder from your experience, um, do you seek wholeness? Um, how is, is that something that you've thought about? Uh, what does wholeness look like to you? Yeah, I haven't ever looked at it. And from those two words perspective, but I think that, that like is a very good way to articulate what I was trying to say earlier that mm-hmm. like for a long time I was looking for healing. Yeah. I was looking for the fix, the, you know, for this to stop and for everything to go back to normal and be okay. Um, and I, so I do think there's a difference between that and wholeness. And for me, I feel very whole. Mm. Um, Cause healing is uh, to me, the physical body yeah. um, and whole is from the soul. And so I can still be, I can be sinful, I can be broken, I can be in pain, I can have depression, I can have anxiety, I can have pride, I can have all those things, but I can still be whole. Still be whole. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's a game changer, just thinking about it from that word perspective. Yeah, I agree. I, I think wholeness should be the goal. And if healing happens... (laughs) Great. Earthly healing. If that right. happens, that's awesome. Yeah. But that's not always the case. And you're right. Like, it's, and it's not just physical. You know, there's so many people who need healing from mm-hmm. emotional things and depression and anxiety. And, and that's sometimes it's just not going to come. Yeah. And I'm curious, like, as you think about those two words, what is... What does wholeness mean to you for those that are listening and are thinking, like, what's the what's the difference exactly? Um, I don't know. Can, can you tell us any more about that, or at least how you've been thinking about it? Yeah, I'm not sure that I've landed on mm-hmm. a picture-perfect answer. But I think that in the pursuit of physical healing, um, and whether it's mental health or physical health, um, that it, it can feel... Uh, I think as Sarah was describing, like you're kind of focusing on some of some things that are just unsatisfying mm-hmm. um, that that can kind of build restlessness and and then that shift to, okay, i I can find wholeness in Christ and bring my pain mm-hmm. and bring like what's not okay. I can bring that and find wholeness despite healing 
when healing doesn't come. Yeah. So, yeah, I again, I don't know that I've landed in a place that I'm like, oh, yeah, I would actually like write that down and print that off. But it has been a, a helpful shift as I seek to walk with Jesus despite things not being quite right. Mm. And mm. um and gives you I, it gives me more peace to think about wholeness mm-hmm. and kind of let go of healing because there's nothing that I can do to bring healing. Mm. Yeah, that's helpful. Thanks yeah. for talking that out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sarah, I wonder. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, I wonder as a person that is in touch, you know, with your own suffering, mm-hmm. um, I wonder how that affects your relationships. Do you find yourself more open to other people's um, hurt, to their mm-hmm. pain? Um, do you see that? Like, how has God used your suffering in relationships? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I th- it's hard, you know, when people say things like God doesn't put you through anything you can't handle. That's a saying I really dislike a whole lot. Thumbs down. <laughs> right. Thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> two thumbs down. Three. Chris, two. Um, yeah. And and so I I always struggle with the idea that, like, God has used what has happened to me and have somebody think that that means that maybe God allowed that to happen. And I don't think that's true. But I do, I I mean, I do agree with the fact that God has come into this situation, come into the pain, into the suffering, and has um, changed me in more ways than just physical, so that I can be there for people and have have a different kind of empathy and a different kind of compassion than I would have any other way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I, because of a sexual assault, I'm able to, to look at a situation and a conversation and, and think about what could be triggering for other people. Yeah. Um, you know, at, at church at Blackhawk, I work with the high school ministry. So I walk through things with young women all the time and I'm able to, pick up on some cues um, that I wouldn't have ever been able to pick up before and move towards them. Um, And in terms of like pain, it's amazing. Like once you have something, we all have this, right? Like you, it's that whole, uh, it's, it's an actual, I don't even know. It's an actual thing. That's an effect. Like if you're thinking about buying a certain kind of car, you suddenly see that car everywhere. right? Right. And so maybe before I had chronic nerve pain, I really didn't know anybody who had chronic nerve pain. But suddenly, everybody around me, have, a lot of people have chronic mm. nerve pain. And and it's a, like a sisterhood, a brotherhood I don't want to be a part of, but God has worked in that. Um, I think in terms of relationships, um, it's pretty hard. I'm a pretty like strong, independent Irish, stubborn woman who doesn't want help. And I don't want to be, you know, I think Heather talked about that this last week. You don't want to be that friend who's Mm. like the bummer, like Mm. always there's, you don't want to be that person. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be the one who everybody is like always wants to say, how are you feeling today? How are you? It drives me crazy. But at the same time, they want to care for me. So uh, relationship stuff has been interesting I have been able to, I don't know, this is hard, sort through 
look at my relationships with different people over the last seven years. And uh, I have people in my life besides outside of, you know, my husband, who's awesome and our kids who are amazing. But I have friends in my life who, who understand that I go through this stuff. They are willing to talk about it if I want to talk about it, but they also know that I just want to just be normal air quotes, normal. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it affects them more than it affects me because I'm sure, I mean, I know they've talked to me before. Like, I just, I wish I could do something. I wish it could change. Wish I could fix it for you. And that's a helpless feeling when you're, when you love somebody Mm. and they're going through pain. Um, but there's nothing I can do about that and either them. So yeah, relationships, it, it definitely has impacted relationships, but yeah, God's been through me, through all of that, with me, through all of that. Mm. It's interesting as you talk, I think also just this, like the identity that's built, mm. not wanting to build an identity yeah. in being being the person in pain. Right. Being the person who's struggling. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you, how do you put your identity in something else? Yeah, that's hard. I mean, we talked about this just a little bit yesterday when we had a pre-podcast mm-hmm. conversation. And it's, you know, I don't love the idea that I was a go-to person to think of to come and talk about it's suffering. true. You know, that's yeah, not fun. Right, yeah. Um, but I'm grateful for the opportunity that God has given me because of the, the pain and the suffering that I've been through. I, I do think that he wants to use it my experiences and the way I have worked um, through these things and still am and always will to help other people. It just sometimes is not fun to be that my identity is wrapped up in, you know, like I'm the gratitude woman because of suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a role I'm happy to step into. I just have to get myself out of the way. (laughs) Right. Well, I think that it's interesting because when I think we've already said the word hope, Mm -hmm. um, but when I think of you and how you have kind of managed the things that have come into your life, Mm -hmm. you do communicate that hope to others. Mm -hmm. And so I think that makes you Mm -hmm. the go-to person. in some regards, right? Because it's because it is a hopeful message. There's hope despite the hard the hard stuff. Yeah. 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 I don't know how I could have gotten through the last seven years, especially, but other times in my life without hope. Mm-hmm. And and the hope that I have comes from Jesus. And it's a different kind of hope than I had before I really had a relationship with him. And, and it, it, it sustains me and it like holds me. And I, I really don't know how, I don't know how I would have gotten through or how, how I will continue to get through without that hope. And so it's like, it's a hope that I want to share. It's, it's not just for me. And so it's really important. And so, you know, that's why I put out like, stuff with my business and that is all about hope and positive stuff and, and, and gratitude, because I think the world needs more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of fights off the darkness. 
A hundred percent. And it can get yeah. really dark. It can get dark. There are days yeah. that are very dark for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but there's always that crack and a little bit of light comes through. And yeah. that's hope. Sarah, thanks so much just, yeah, for your vulnerability and sharing all of this. I'm hearing most of this for the first time. I've, <laughs> I haven't heard much of your story. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I echo what Anne is saying. People think of you, I think, when this topic comes to mind or gratitude comes to mind. Because, yeah, I'm like, holy cow, in the midst of everything that you've experienced, Mm -hmm. that you are who you are. And I didn't know any of that. But I'm like, oh, Sarah's like super encouraging Mm -hmm. and positive and warm to be around. And so um, that that I think is what defines Mm -hmm. you. And I didn't know that that was in the midst of all of this other suffering and this other hard stuff that had had it happened. Um, But, yeah, God is clearly using you to 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 bring hope and to bring encouragement to, to other people, um, which I so appreciate. Um, maybe with just a couple minutes left, mm-hmm. any any encouragement or words that you would give to people that like they're listening and they're just in the thick of something right now? I know that's hard with just a couple minutes to to try to, to speak to that. But I don't, yeah, any kind of just pastoral words to, to give to people in the midst of something right now? Yeah, I think, I think twofold to the to the person who is in the midst of suffering, um, I'd love to say it's going to be okay. Okay, though, is defined differently um, for every person. Okay doesn't mean all is going to be good or it'll all come out all right, but you're going to be okay. Um, And also you're not alone. Like there are people that love you. And even for those people who, gosh, are in the midst of a really deep depression um, and you think that nobody is there, there are, there are people who love you. I can guarantee it. And so um, reach out, first of all, yeah. and talk to people. And I would say, um, show yourself some grace if you have some pretty strong feelings about what's going on with you and you're angry or bitter or whatever, it's okay to feel those things. Like allow yourself that don't try to diminish, like we said, comparative suffering, don't diminish it and say like, well, but so-and-so has this. So mine's not as bad. Right. Yeah. Cause suffering is suffering is suffering. Everybody is the same. And then I think I'd have a bit of a word for people who are walking alongside. And I know this kind of goes into a bit back with what Heather talked about last week. But listening to people, she talked about, you know, listening to understand. There's a saying by um, uh, a guy's name is Carlos Whitaker, who I has stuck with me since I heard it. And he says that you should listen to hear, hear to learn, and learn to love. Mm. And so if you, if you can be someone who listens to someone who is in the midst of suffering, listening to them, so, so you're hearing them, not so you're fixing it or solving it, so you're hearing it, and then hearing things so that you can learn more about them. And then once you learn more about them, you can love them more. I mean, th- this is really important. Um, suffering, sometimes it just doesn't end. Um, and, and it's, it's going to go through different seasons, but God doesn't change and he is with you and, and he is there for you and he can hold you and, 
And if you need, like, if you need somebody to listen to you, reach out, reach out to somebody at Blackhawk yeah. or a parent or a sister or a friend. But yeah, yeah. It, it it's going to be okay. Just change what okay looks like mm-hmm. in your mind. That's good. That's really helpful. Thanks, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, and any closing words? Oh, I just appreciate you so much. And I am certain that there are people that have heard your words that needed some encouragement and just so grateful for how God has used your story, Mm -hmm. um, how he continues to use his story. And yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. This is not me. Just last word. (laughs) This is not me. This is God. Yeah. 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 It's good. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap up this conversation uh, on that note. Thanks again, Sarah, so much for, for being here. I know it's a, a busy week for everyone heading into um, Easter and all of that. Hopefully, if you're listening to this on Thursday or Friday, come join us for Maundy Thursday services or um, or Easter Sunday as we, yeah, we soak in the significance of all of this and the suffering that Jesus went through on Good Friday, but then also the hope that we have in him because of his resurrection on the third day. And so, yeah, hopefully we'll see you for a service for one of those. Um, And then next week here on the podcast, uh, we will wrap up this Walking with God series. I think we said this week would be um, would be Pastor Chris Dolson talking about finishing well. We bumped that out to to next week so that we could fit this one in. And we're grateful to be able to do that. So join us next week as we talk to Pastor Chris. Um, It was a great conversation that Tiff and I had with him. So you won't want to miss that. So that's it. Have a happy Easter, everyone. And we'll see you next week week.